Welcome to The Healthy You Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Moon. Thank you so much for being here. If you're new here, I am so grateful to be your guide here to heal thy you. If you're a healing journey hero, I am so grateful that you're back. So let's talk and just jump right into today's episode, which is all about home birth and why specifically I chose home birth. I am so beyond amazed by every single woman who gives birth in any way, shape, or form. It is beautiful. You are phenomenal. You're a hero. And there is no judgment from me to you about how you choose to give birth and and how you advocate for yourself. The intention of today's episode is to answer the questions that I've personally been given about like, why are you doing this? Why did you choose this? And to perhaps offer another lens, but I would just really want to get clear and say, if you listen to my story and you feel that there is judgment being placed upon you or your decisions or people that you know, I just want to be very clear that that's not the intention and I am not projecting any sort of judgment on anyone because however we bring souls to earth, it is powerful and I am grateful for bringing my own Bubba here a completely different way. (laughs) And now that I've done it before, I am open and I've opened my heart and I've opened myself up to more possibilities and that's what I'm going to be sharing about today. So all this is going to start with how I gave birth to Ray, my daughter Audrey, because that is the first layer of why I I chose to give home birth, uh, to give home birth this upcoming birth with little Bubba with our Bubba boy. So when I gave birth to Ray, I went into this pretty, pretty unafraid. I had been practicing a little bit of, you know, hypnobirthing, which is basically, it's just guided meditation because I was into guided meditation a little bit before, but never consistently. I was, I was open to that and I felt that would be very peaceful I went to the hospital. I had seen so many birth vlogs, so many, you know, uh, packing your hospital bag. I was super excited for all that. And um, so I just had a very typical modern Western birth, which you go in the hospital uh, when your water breaks uh, or when there's contractions. I went when my water broke. And then uh, eventually I got an epidural. And then gave birth to my little girl 18 hours uh, into labor. Now, my birth was not very traumatic. There was still some trauma. um, And we'll talk about that in, in a little bit. But I feel like my experience with Ray was overall very positive in comparison to a lot of births that I've heard about 
Um, and so coming from that perspective that my first birth wasn't super traumatic, it was a low risk birth. Um, I had a foundation of confidence for myself. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was even open up to the, to the possibility of an alternative option for birth. Now, to be very clear, around the world, giving birth at home and with midwives, this is not considered alternative. This is n normal. In fact, it's the, the doctors and going to doctors um, uh, that would be more considered alternative or if you have a higher risk pregnancy. Uh, and I haven't had a high risk pregnancy. So that is to be very clear. I've had, I've been talking to some people who, um, they really wish that this was a possibility for them, but they are high risk or they've got placenta previa or they have different things that are, that are complications so that they need to give birth in a hospital. And I think that that's incredible that we have that option. I think it's incredible that we have the ability to save mamas, to save babies when those situations arise. However, most births are not high-risk births. But from when I first gave birth, I was under the perception that this was a very dangerous and very scary thing. And uh, every woman I had talked to ha had very scary births, very, there's lots of fear, there's lots of pain, lots of suffering. And so I was under a very different perception than I am now. And I think that that, that obviously made my first birth uh, under a lens of perhaps like dark colored glasses where I anticipated it being so bad and it wasn't. And because it wasn't, I started to reevaluate what I thought I knew. But that didn't happen for many years. <laughs> so even though my birth was, I'll say I was very unconscious in my birth. I hadn't gone through a spiritual awakening. Um, it was the most transformative event of my life. I attribute my spiritual awakening to me giving birth and the following dark night of the soul that came right after I gave birth that completely woke me up so that um, I I just went through this incredible transformation. I think becoming a mother transforms you whether or not you intend it to. And so I got curious when we started to consider having another baby, what would happen if this time I did intend for it to transform me? What happened if there was intention as the foundation for my next birth? The first night that we got to Austin, again, we had never been to the house that we bought. Uh, but the first night we got here, I took a bath because it was, <laughs> we were so exhausted. There's this huge bathtub and I took a bath here. And there was this sudden feeling of peace and calm. And a thought came into my head, that kind of a knowing and intuition I could give birth in this tub. And that was like, whoa. Never had I ever considered a water birth, let alone a home birth. So that was out of nowhere. But it was a seed that planted. I wasn't even planning on having a baby anytime soon, um, even though months later <laughs> I was pregnant. So it was just an, a seed that was planted. Um, the second the thing that started to plant more seeds was a disresonance 
uh, with Western medicine and their procedures and the, the system that Western medicine is underlined by, not nurses, not doctors, but the underlying system and the procedures and uh, the business that Western medicine is, um, that had been years in the making to be really truthful. Uh, the biggest two that had impact with my first birth uh, that made me start to question things uh, was my doctor had at the time, uh, I, I give birth and suddenly his elbow is in my, my, uh, belly. He is pushing my placenta out very violently. It was very violent. It was so painful. It was more painful than birth. Um, and he was doing this, uh, he told my mom to avoid calling 911. Now, this is all before I get to hold Ray. Ray is over there um, in, in her little box getting <laughs> uh, cleaned up and put into a little wrap. And John's over there. He has no recollection of any of this. But me and my mom were very much aware that this was happening. And, uh, you know, so my mom ha held a lot of fear because my birth was very traumatic for her. Uh, this was the traumatic portion of my birth, which was the after portion. Uh but things started to later not make sense about what happened, and it took me a while to realize that what had indeed happened wasn't an emergency. Because, uh, you know, later I was talking to my doctor uh, when I went in to have my postpartum checkup, and I talked to him because I had a different remembering and my mom had a different remembering than my husband, and so I wanted to clarify with my doctor, my doctor did not remember and he didn't have anything in his notes that I was dying, <laughs> even though that's what he had told my mom. That's the reason why he was pushing my placenta out instead of waiting it for me to, to, to deliver it. Um, so he had zero clue. There was zero notes about it. And so that was the first indication that perhaps the doctor was rushing this instead of, and, and by rushing it, kind of violating and abusing my body, uh, right after I gave birth, instead of uh, really saving my life, if someone's dying on your table two weeks later, you probably remember. <laughs> and that just didn't happen. That was really the first indication. Huh, that's really weird. That didn't click into my head because I was freaking tired and exhausted. Um, but it started to make a connection later. Uh the second thing with birth that made me start to kind of not resonate with Western birthing procedures was the fact that my epidural went straight to collections. And when I went and did some research, because this is two years after I give birth, I get a, a letter from a, a lawyer who's like, you have uh, not paid us $127 for your epidural. And so now you owe us $600 because it's been two years and it's, you know, so I go and I look up, John and I are furious because we paid everything off, you know, and we paid it off early so that we could get the, like the 10% discount <laughs> that they offer. Um, and there was, uh, an external bill and we paid that, uh, but we all, we, we did it. And now suddenly we're getting attacked by a lawyer. That was so weird. We look up online and this epidural agency, which works with the hospital, 
has f- over 50 different Google reviews. And there's like, you know, 55 Google reviews, <laughs> over 50 of them saying, I went straight to collections. What, uh, you know, this is a scam. I, I mean, two years later, and, and now they're wanting, you know, money for an epidural that I had. And uh, so John and I, we, we talked to a f- friend of ours who's a, who was an ex-judge. And we're like, you know, we want to fight this. We're really uh, riled up about this because that's just, that's not justice. That's not right. And he's like, it isn't right. Um, Unfortunately, they will take you to to court. Uh, We had a court date and we were totally going to go and uh, do this all. And we're here already moved to Austin. (laughs) That's how far out this happened from Ray's birth. And, um... My and the judge said they'll take you to court happily, and they'll just keep running up the bill because legally, you can't prove, um, this, essentially. And so we ended up just saying, okay, whatever, uh, and taking taking the bullet there, just as you know many other people had done. Now you can look at this and you can say, oh, you know, maybe that's just like a one-time thing, but I've had several experiences with billing from hospitals, from billing from, you know, either someone saving my life or or different things happening um, that seems predatory. And that is pretty indicative of the business system that there is going on in the hospitals that we have today. Um, and so whether or not that resonates with you, uh, I just kind of wanted to expound upon two things that correlated with my last birth that started to build that distrust, that disresonance. And now, of course, there are many, many other years of different experiences that had nothing to do with birth, um, where there was invalidation, there was, um, no advocacy for my desires or my healing, um, and, uh, you know, there, there's a long laundry list that prepared me to take a leap um, that I chose, which was to have a home birth. And when I made this decision, I looked up and I looked up midwives in Austin only to find that there weren't that many. <laughs> there weren't that many. I emailed, uh, I think, three of them. And I never heard from anyone. And I felt very discouraged. So I made a appointment with an OBGYN who had like all the highest ratings, um, won several awards. And I went and uh, there was red flags from the moment I stepped in. Uh, I'll share the story with you just, just for the fact that it is so absurd to me. I walk in, this is still in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and they don't have any paperwork, first of all, for, for, for me to fill out. There's there, they usually have paperwork. They don't have a paperwork. The printer's not working. I'm like, okay, whatever. But they've got a nurse back there who is hacking and throwing up visible for the people in the lobby you know, and the other nurses are loudly talking about whether or not she's got COVID. And I'm sitting there, a newly pregnant lady, just waiting for (laughs) some paperwork. Um, 
and I kind of noticed that everything in the office, which it's supposed to be kind of like a boutique kind of vibe, it's all off. It's all very facade. Um, you know, like pieces of wood aren't, aren't even, like things are just really kind of crooked and uh, just a weird vibe going from everything. I go in and then I uh, meet with the nurse for a second and then my doctor comes in and immediately, I mean, I told him, I was like, eh, I'm feeling pretty sick. He, he immediately says, I'm going to write you a prescription for Unisum and uh, take some B6. Uh, and I didn't ask for it. I didn't, you know, say like I need a medication or anything. But he immediately uh, wrote me a prescription. And then, um, you know, I change into my gown. He uh, you know, puts me up, my legs in the stirrups. And in goes the intravaginal um a wand. It's essentially like a little prod that they, they put in. Um, pretty rough. 30 seconds. One side, this side, one side, this side, out. I was in so much shock because the moment of seeing my bubba for the first time was gone. And it was so quick and honestly quite violent that I, I was just in shock. While my legs are still up in the air, he asks, have you had your flu shot this year? I said, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, you know, and he's like, okay, we'll have that done. And he leaves. And then the nurse comes back and I, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting there. Uh, the, the <laughs> ultrasound ooze is just coming out of my body and I'm just in shock of what has just happened. Um, and the nurse comes in, gives me the flu shot. And I change my clothes and I leave. And as I'm walking out there, I have just this realization, if this man gives, if I give this man the opportunity to be my care physician <laughs> and also deliver my child, he will cut me open. And that's a pretty, I mean, maybe that's a very in shock statement that I felt, um, but it was this internal intuition warning. He saw me immediately, a new client, who, as somebody he could write prescriptions for and to get higher billing, immediately trying to get me prescriptions and without asking me, and while I was very vulnerable, giving me a, a shot. Now, whether or not you're like, well, whatever, it's just a flu shot, you still should not be trying, uh, you, you still should ask somebody if they would like something. You still should give people an opportunity to advocate for themselves um, instead of while their legs are up in the air, <laughs> you know, telling them what's happening. I, we'll take care of that right now. Um, so I chalked that up. Maybe, maybe that was just a bad a bad doctor. My, I called John and he was furious and my best friend was like, you need a woman doctor. So I made an appointment with a woman doctor. Um, and so th three weeks later, I went to a female doctor, an OBGYN, and the experience was not any better. <laughs> it was uh, slightly better in the fact that I came prepared this time, and uh, I'm I'm very much in my advocacy, in my knowing, and uh, very strong. And yet, with the first doctor, it went away like boom. 
it was almost this primal fear and this shock of being, to me, it felt so, I felt violated by getting the ultrasound. And I've had so many ultrasounds that shouldn't feel violent or violating. Now at this next doctor, the nurse gives you the ultrasound before the doctor comes in. um, And the nurse is on the phone and she's on the phone and it's ringing and it's ringing. And as the prod is still within me, because uh, the Bubba was only nine weeks at that time, I, somebody picks up and she starts, she like reaches over for the phone while the prod is still in my vagina. So the prod's going this way, you know, poking me, um, very uncomfortably. And she grabs the phone and starts having a conversation. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what, how is this even reality? Because my experience with my doctor for Ray's birth, there, there was nothing, nothing ever that, uh, happened that gave me red flags. It was all very um, cordial and very nice. But for two different doctors to have such a radically like weird and blatantly inappropriate interaction with me, a new patient, that seemed very odd. Um, so the entirety of my ultrasound with that doctor, she was on the phone uh, doing whatever. And it didn't seem like it was a work call. It seemed like it was a personal call, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, and uh, then I went and saw the doctor there. She, I came in there with questions. I said, look, I'm very, I'm looking for this kind of care. You know, I'm, this is what I'm looking for. Um, I am considering home birth. And she said, well, why, why risk it? Why risk it? Now, this is what really got my ears up uh, and kind of poked me up was it's not a risk to give birth at home. It really is not. But doctor, but if a doctor is advocating to you that it is a risk, uh, most people will believe that um, because we're trained that doctor is God. You listen to your doctor, what they say, your doctor tells you to get this organ out. You get this organ out. You know, they, they know, they know you shut up and don't, don't say anything. Um, so this was very weird to me because the truth is, is that a doctor should want you to have the birth that you desire to have. And if there was a risk, like I, like she had seen anything on my ultrasound that would have said, uh, this is a high risk person, then, uh, that would have been something she would have brought up. But it was just that the idea of home birth is being presented to people as blatantly risky. And that's just, it's just not true. Actually, you can do your own research on this. Of course, be mindful that when you look up on Google, the first couple pages are going to be very heavily funded to be there. And so you have to kind of dig and you have to look at um, other countries where you will see people in all over the world where it's actually most common for low risk women to give birth at home. Um, and that it's more optional choice. It's a choice to give birth in a hospital rather than the assumed and the only way to do it. And otherwise it's dangerous and a risk. So this underlines a huge thing that I noticed in my first birth. I noticed when I, when other people around me were, ber- uh, were pregnant, which is there's a huge culture of fear 
and birth and fear mongering. Some people call it fear porn uh, and birth. You know, you I would say that this is an image especially perpetuated by the media where you see women giving birth in movies and stuff. And that is like what you kind of know is a birth. You see these women screaming and, you know, dying and swearing and blah, 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 blah. That may have been the experience for some people because they've been exposed to this, but it's not like that. Like that, it doesn't have to be like that. And of course, for some women who uh, they are, are high risk and they need to get a cesarean for a, a very specific high risk thing, you know, uh, to, or their labor's not progressing or the baby can't fit out of their pubic bones, like there's so many reasons to give birth at a hospital at that point. But starting uh, at home uh, and, and giving and having a, a, home, a home birth, um, this is not inherently something that would be super fearful, super, super in the need of pushing a lot of fear. So why is there? Fear is the most controllable frequency. If you're in fear, you're controllable. That is uh, potentially like super triggering to hear. Uh, it was super triggering for me to hear because uh, to me, it, it, when I first started to identify fear in my life, I was like, no, it's protecting me from something. And that's what I heard a lot of when somebody asked me on TikTok, they're like, uh, what's your birth plan? So I made like a 15 second video saying my birth plan is to give birth at home, you know, with my midwives and the amount of negativity of like, this is how you die from birth. This is, you know, you're going to die. Um, and it was shocking. I understand the fear because I used to look at women who had natural births um, and I hadn't, wasn't even really certain of the home birth options when I gave birth to Ray. I don't know that I had ever really heard of it. Um, it just, just didn't seem normal. All the birth vlogs and everything, that was all birth at the hospital. So I hadn't really been exposed to this being an option, but I looked at natural birth as just like, wow, I could never do that. That's so scary. So scary. Um, and this tends to be where I think a lot of people get hung up is on the pain aspect of birth. The pain aspect of birth. I, a lot of people were asking, well, what are you going to do for the pain? Well, pain is not inherently bad, and it shouldn't be uh, avoided uh, in, a, in a scenario like this. This is really an initiation. Uh, think of the hero's journey. <laughs> think of any hero in, in, in any story that you've ever heard of. Before they go on a quest or add during the quest, there are painful aspects, physically painful aspects of it. And usually like on the boss level, <laughs> before they really come up and, you know, become the hero, there is something that is super painful for them. That's an initiation. And men get to go through these initiations um, uh, a lot more than women do. Uh, this is an initiation that only really, truly, someone with a womb can go through. Uh, and that is a particular gift. And it raises my curiosity as to perhaps one of the reasons why there's been a lot of fear around it. 
because giving birth to Ray unconsciously, without the intention for transformation, initiation, or anything, transformed my life. I went through a dark night of the soul and a spiritual awakening, healed my body, mind, and uh, awakened my truest expression within me. In the last three years have just been the most magical, mystical journey of my life. And that was done after an unconscious birth. I had no intention. I had no idea it was going to change my life. So what if you do it and you do intend because you know that it's possible? What if you bring that intention and that heart coherence into that time, that space? Um, not only just throughout the birth, the actual active labor, but the birth, uh, the pregnancy. And that's the one thing that has really shocked me throughout my pregnancy is that when I set my intentions for this pregnancy, you can see that video on YouTube, my first, you know, my intentions for this pregnancy was to have a transformative birth, a spiritually transformative birth. And I didn't quite know at that time what I was asking for and what that path would lead to. And what it has led to is not just what I will imagine as that, you know, at the moment in the home birth where there's all this energy and it's this huge climax, you know, to this initiation, but obviously the following months and to my surprise, the previous months, this last, this whole entire pregnancy has been extremely transformative for me. So much rising, so much inner child has come up. Uh, to be seen, to be heard, densities to be released. And a lot from my first pregnancy and from my first birth, things about weight, things about feeling guilty, about taking care of myself and basically allowing myself to be walked upon uh, by everyone and their mother so that I could be, you know, a self-sacrificing and dutiful good mother that I thought I needed to be. So, by setting that intention, I set upon a path, a path I didn't know I was setting upon, but that I intended to go on. That is powerful. And that's exactly what a hero does. They say, okay, I know I'm going to go on this quest. You know, this, at the end of this quest, this thing will either happen or I will have completed this thing, but it's always the journey that things pop up and you have to uh, you've got different levels and different uh, little segues in the journey that take you and build what? It builds character. It builds character. Now, I've been thinking a lot about character recently as I develop myself and become, honestly, just a really cool person. Just... I, I love Stevie. I love her so much. She has such interesting character and just the coolest character that I am building daily with each choice. And initiations so grand like this, where really it's an only an opportunity for uh, some members of the human uh, of the human. Uh, species at this time, you know, but it, for all all species, any anyone with a womb uh, can do this and have these initiations. Well, in nature, we don't see any of these mamas uh, trying to avoid the pain. 
In fact, if you've ever witnessed birth uh, that is a non-human birth, you'll notice that the mom actually seems quite calm. I mean, there's, and that's interesting to me, that there is a calmness to that nature, uh, a surrender to what is quite certainly painful for them as well. But with our culture and society pressing certain ideas upon us and programming those ideas upon us from a very young age, and not just from our age, but from our mothers and their mothers, and when you talk to women um, who are alive today, who most of them have given birth, uh, some of them have given birth both ways, some of them uh, have never even considered home birth. And at least in my sphere of my reality, I had never met somebody who had done a home birth. I had never heard of home birth before my first birth. And every story of birth that I had ever heard was scary. Babies dying, babies, you know, getting strangled by cords, Um, feeling like you're sitting on a box of explosives, you know, it just... My, my sister-in-law had a very, very painful first birth, uh, and just there was so much trauma to herself and, and to the baby. And, there, and so there's just no reason why would you ever think of this other possibility and this other road. So if that's where you find yourself and you're, and you're just like, look, that's freaking crazy. <laughs> I would never do that because you've also heard all those stories. I want to invite you um, in just a month or two to come and watch my birth vlog. Because I can sit here today and I, and I don't know what that journey is going to look like. But I know that it will be beautiful, transformational, and you will see strength. And that's what this is truly about. This is about strength, the strength and the creativity that the, the womb has, that you have, and that we disconnect from when we do disconnect from the pain unnecessarily, when we are not able to truly go through that full transformation. What do I mean by this? I'm going to talk to you about something that is very controversial, and I'm certain that it will be very triggering. It's not my intention, uh, but it was very triggering for me to come upon some information that resonated so deeply and so painfully because it alludes to that perhaps the original choice I made with Ray to get an epidural was to her and my detriment. And that is not easy to admit or to even face, but I want to just preface all this. We do the best we can with the knowledge that we have. So if you learn better and you learn something that resonates more, don't beat yourself up. Don't try to punish yourself or linger in guilt and shame because you didn't know better at the time. Allow yourself to 
be a character who is worth developing and characters who develop means that at the beginning and throughout they are not the perfectly developed character you know they transform and maybe this is a way that you transform and if it doesn't resonate then i appreciate you just holding some space while i share what was extremely transformative for me to figure out um i was reading a book called sacred birthing and this is a very, I would call it a, a very spiritual book on birth. Um, if you're looking for one that's less spiritual, I highly recommend Birthing from Within. Uh, but if you're wanting to take another another leap, there's some things in there that I don't agree with. You know, as with any book, just because you read a book and agree with some things doesn't mean you have to agree with everything or that things don't resonate. Just take what works and. Um, be grateful for that and release whatever doesn't. Same with a podcast like this. Um, and one of the things that did resonate with me was the uh, chapters on epidurals and what really is going on for that within the Bubba's mind and the Bubba's consciousness and your consciousness uh, as you come into the world and how that can affect your bond with your baby. It to my to my ego's shame. I didn't have the bond that I thought I would with Ray when she came out, uh, and for months afterwards, you know, for years, I was looking for the kind of bond that I have with her now that has been developed through a lot of the different things. But when I gave birth, it was really, really easy. I, um, the epidural didn't hurt. I, I just kind of, it, it just made me go numb and, and I was able to push my baby out. And, and I, I mean, I definitely looked like I was taking a big poop, you know, it's not without pushing and not without strain, um, but it wasn't painful and I just, and I really couldn't feel it and not being able to feel it was the big key because what have I learned in the last couple years? When you feel it, you heal it. When you feel it, you go through it, you move through it. Well, my body went through a trauma that I couldn't feel and because I couldn't feel it, it was stored within my body and my baby coming out, I, I actually believe she knew that I couldn't feel her. Where's mama? She can't feel me right now because I couldn't. And that is what's curious to me about the epidural. The taking away of the feeling and that true, like that journey that you go with your baby and you that's interesting to me at the very least just to even think about but it was very hard for me to first consider that maybe I had done something that um I I that I wish I could go back in time and not have an upper girl so I could have bonded with Ray more well obviously I the the way that things happened made me who I am today it made me go through that dark night of the soul you know, my hair fell out. I've, I was had severe postpartum depression. I, 
I felt so in distress from from breastfeeding. It was it wasn't the sacred, beautiful bond that I had heard from everybody. And now that I look back on everything, I really do think that the impact of me having an epidural caused a disconnection from my reality, almost a dissociation. If you've heard me talk about dissociation in the past, I know in the last episode about phone fasting, we talked about the dissociative state. Well, this is that. And I, when I was giving birth, that's what it was like. Now, again, I can't speak for you or your experience. And perhaps you had that immediate bond. And I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so happy for you. I'm just expressing kind of some things that as a mama that I, I noticed, like I thought that the bond that I had heard about every other mom talking about this incredible bond was what I was going to experience. And don't get me wrong, I loved her. And I got up all the time to take care of her. And, you know, I gave her the love and the kisses and everything. But it was, it felt lacking. It felt like a hole. Now, over time, uh, and some, some may argue, well, it just takes time. But my intuition tells me that that connection can be strengthened. I mean, imagine when you go through a trauma with somebody you guys will have a string, a strong bond when John and I went through the miscarriage together. So painful. I mean, obviously I'm the one who experienced the physical, you know, the physical portion of that, but we went through that together and it made our marriage stronger. It made us stronger. Each time we go through really hard things together, we are so much more connected. So when it gets taken away for you, the opportunity to do that really hard thing in the very hard way, you know, in the way that's uncomfortable, it's painful, then that pain can't serve as a teacher or as a bond. Just some food for thought, some food that I have been thinking about. And that really was one of the reasons why I, at the very least, concluded that I was not going to be getting an epidural. Because I know the bond I have with Ray now. And I know the bond that I have with this Bubba now already. And I don't want to numb out any part of this experience as painful as it gets. Of course, there are many things you can do for pain uh, that have nothing to do with uh, inserting a drug into you. Uh, And what many mamas who do have an epidural and then have a home birth afterwards, they say, you know, like I, the reason I had the epidural is because I didn't think I could handle the pain. And then when I went through it, it wasn't actually as painful as I had thought it would be. And I mean, it's painful. It's like nobody is trying to say that this is a walk in a park. But why should it be a walk in a park? Why, why are we opting out of going through this initiation and this experience to make it easier for us. Because what if that's what builds the resilience? That thing, that incredible experience builds resilience within the mama. Builds a bond within the mama. I've gone through hell and back already for you. You know? 
And when it's dissociated and numbed away from you, could that be potentially linked to some of the postpartum not just depression, but disconnection. Something to think about. Something to sit with. Again, this is no damnation on epidurals. I I had the epidural and, you know, I, like I said, if if I could go back in time, I, uh, I don't know that I would change it because it changed me. <laughs> to go through that entire experience and to have everything, you know, but from this place forward, I will make that decision, uh, differently. So again, if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, it still doesn't resonate with me, then absolutely. I, I just want you to start listening and tuning into your heart, into your heart, instead of trying to think about, well, I th- overthinking the things and getting really into your ego about how to prevent yourself from getting hurt. It's going to hurt. A child's going to come through your body and, and it's going to stretch your, your, not only just your vagina, but your cervix and your pubic bones. I mean, it's, it's, this is not a walk in a park, but it's also not the burning ring of hellfire that we are being sold that bill of goods. Think of when a hero does the really incredible thing. Remember the scene from the Disney's Hercules where Hercules jumps into the pool of the dead people for to save Meg. He's being drained of life. That probably wasn't very comfortable. And he comes out from that, and that's what uh, allowed him to become uh, a demigod, essentially, and give him his, his godly powers. <laughs> It's interesting to think of that. Nearing death uh, is something that happens often within the hero's journey. I think sometimes as women, we dissociate the idea of a woman, yet alone a mother, becoming a hero. But I couldn't think of a, of a hero's journey more worthy of taking. The journey of a woman becoming a a mother is not unlike any of the hero's journeys that the the men in in previous times have been able to take. Now, now today, I don't think a lot of men are actively taking hero's journeys. But I think in our, our idea of culture, it is a little bit more acceptable to think of that kind of journey and quest for a man. What about you? Now, of course, if you don't want to be a mama, um, and if that's not uh, something you feel called towards, still apply this to your life. You are going to have an opportunity to do something that will radically transform you. And if you try to take away the parts in the of, of this to make it easier for you so that you're perceiving less threat, but still your body is going through it, how will you ever support and honor the body? Okay. This has been the episode of why I 
choose home birth, why I'm choosing home birth, and why I'm looking forward to using home birth as a transformation and healing. I hope that something in here was of interest. If you've listened to this and you feel I, that I have any judgments towards you or doctors and nurses, I, please, I understand. But that's not my intention. And that's not the meaning of this episode. I'm so grateful for the doctors and the nurses who delivered my bubba. And I'm even grateful for the doctors and the nurses who uh, I, I did not resonate with and who were highly inappropriate because they are probably saving some, some mama's life. And they taught me many things. You are a sovereign being and you are sovereign mama. And you can choose whatever experience you'd like. So sit down and do a little soul work, do some journaling. What does that birth look like for you? What does that look like for you? And if it's in a hospital and if it's with the epidural, that's absolutely okay. Because that's what I wanted the first time too. And it, and it wasn't a negative experience in, in a, a, a super negative way. There were some traumas that could have been avoided. There were some things that I would do different. And because I know now know better and I can reflect upon it, I will do better. But this could just be the start of your journey. Any way you cut it, you are on that hero's journey. And you giving birth, it's going to be magical. And I'm proud of you. And I'm grateful that you spent some time with me today. Have a beautiful day, buddy.